You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. I, for one, am wide awake today. This is, wow, what a great, uh, man, what a great time. We are back at our place, Parkway Cinema in Natchitoches, and it is so good to be wide awake and here this morning. Now, I'm wide awake most mornings. I'm a morning person, but I've had my coffee, I've had my donut, and now I'm seeing some smiling faces. Well, I'm seeing some some face masks. I know there's smiling faces behind there, but it's just wide awake and ready to go. I'm telling you, after five months of doing nothing but preaching on an online service into a phone camera, I am so glad and ready to be back in this movie theater and back with some people uh, in the congregation. He doesn't even know it's a small group that we have, a very small group gathered here. It is good to be in the house, um, being wide awake. So we hear a lot about being awake, right, in our culture today, or being woke. That's a phrase we hear a lot, right? What does it mean to be wide awake? To be is it to be self-aware? Is it to be ready for like anything that happens? What does it mean for you to be wide awake? Well, we're discussing identity, like who am I? And at the core of all the options, all the opinions of others, who am I when I look in the mirror? Like what is my identity? And here's what I've found true. And I believe this is true for all of us. Discover your identity as a human being created in the image of God by spending time with God. If you ever wrestle with identity, I have found that to discover your identity as a human being created in the image of God, spend time with God. And so that's what we do, um, and that's what we're doing today. We're going to spend a little time in Romans 8, and we're going to continue to be in God's presence prepare the let the holy spirit of god prepare us to uh to to be wide awake to live wide awake now romans is a letter written to some of the earliest followers of jesus um and it's it's a highly been highly influential in my own spiritual journey um even romans 8 although it wasn't originally broken down into chapters and verses this particular chapter has been life transforming for me and for for several friends of mine and so it's been a it, very helpful to kind of come to grasp on what is my identity as a child of God? What is my identity as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus? Just who am I? And this has been helpful. So today we're going to be in Romans 8 verses 5 through 17. Let's read. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Man, that's a great verse. We're going to come back to that. 
For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if you, through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share His suffering." So here's our big idea for our time together. Jesus awakens us to live with confidence and hope. If you are if you have that identity with the question mark and you are you are kind of wondering or or just maybe you're struggling or maybe you've got a good grasp on it but you still have your days when you're like who am I? Jesus awakens us to live with confidence and hope. We need that confidence. We want that hope and Jesus awakens us awakens us to live this way. And so to live awakened it has a, a few uh I guess a kind of a few thoughts I want to just kind of uh, spend a few minutes on as we talk as we look at how does Jesus do this to live us uh, to awakens us to live with confidence and hope. So the first thing is this: we are awakened not by culture, not by self, not by um, meditation, not those and all kinds of things you could do that are, that are good, you know, that that are helpful, but that's not where the real awakening comes from. We are awakened by the Spirit of God. By the Spirit of God, there's a lot of things that awaken us, right? <laughs> I know I have, uh, you know, I use an alarm clock, and and uh, I haven't really used one in a while. Um, I'm a morning person, so and I'm also a night owl, so I'm kind of weird. But but I'm a morning person, and I'll I'll set the alarm on on days when I need an alarm. But I, I hardly ever sleep till the alarm goes off. I usually wake up five, ten, thirty, sometimes even an hour. Uh, minutes before <laughs> before the alarm is it goes off. Now when I was a kid. I had an alarm clock, and this was way back in the 80s, and I had an alarm clock radio that also had a cassette player, cassette tape player, and I would put in the cassette tape, and you could set the alarm, and it would it would set your your cassette player, and it would, on the song you wanted, and you could wake up to whatever song you wanted to, not just whatever came on the radio, and certainly not to some alarm sound, but to the to, to your song, and I had uh, Bobby McFair, and you know, uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy, that was one of mine, I would wake up to, I apologize for that, but I, but I wake up to, there's a little song I wrote. I like to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. So, so you see, and I'm not a, I'm not a singer, obviously, but that's how I would wake up and begin my day. Or my other go-to was Cool in the Gang Celebration. There's a party going on right here, a celebration to last throughout the year. You know, celebrate good time. Come on. And I would wake up to that. Now, people would wonder, like, Pastor Steve, why are you like this? All that you're always like, go, 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 and stuff. It's like, well, I've spent my, my whole life waking up to celebration. That's why I'm kind of this way. <laughs> now, my brother's alarm clock and my you know my brother's alarm clock was different my brother's alarm clock went kind of like an air raid siren and i remember still that you know there were several times when i hear that thing going off across the hall in his room which was across the hall and sometimes it's like five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes i'm like what where is he why did he set in his alarm clock and not turn it off and i would go in there and he's still in bed still sound asleep with the alarm going off right by his head with that air raid siren you know you pick up you you want to pick up that alarm clock and throw it at him. You know, wake up, dummy. <laughs> See, an alarm is a wake-up call. 
when have you had a wake-up call? You've probably, like me, had some wake-up calls in your life. Now, Romans 8 tells us that the Spirit of God is a life-giving, life-changing force. If your thinking is dominated by sinful things, you're controlled by the human sin nature. But if your thinking is dominated by things that please God's Spirit, then you're controlled by the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit of God awakens us, awakens you, and awakens me. The Holy Spirit of God awakens us to several things, and I'm going to list three real quick here. One is the Holy Spirit of God awakens you to God's purpose for your life. The Holy Spirit of God awakens you to God's purpose for your life. Have you ever wondered, what is my purpose? Why am I here? What's the meaning of life? Maybe, like, you know, what on earth am I here for? That's the way I've heard it put. Yes, God has a purpose for you. His Spirit awakens you to, to, to live uh, according to what God desires for your life. So the Holy Spirit awakens to God's purpose for your life. God, God, the Holy Spirit of God also awakens to God's plan. And sometimes we wonder, you know, not only do we wonder what our purpose is, but we don't have a plan. And, and we've learned anything over the last, this, year, this whole year of 2020, is that you can have a plan, but things don't always go to according to plan. And God's got a plan. He says, letting yourself control your mind leads to death, but letting God's spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Now that's the plan. Let God's spirit control your mind and it leads to life. So have you ever, have you, you know, think about, when I think about God's plan, I think about those times when things happen that are, aren't according to my plan. And I think specifically of times when I've been felt like this urging or this, this, just this leading to help someone, to go out of my way, to help someone or to pray for someone or to speak up for someone. And, and I wonder, where did that come from? Like I'm sitting in a restaurant and, and, and I just have this, this overwhelming, like just feeling, almost like a voice saying, see that grandmother and grand and their granddaughter sitting over there eating. I want you to pay for their, I want you to anonymously pay for their meal. And I'm like, who said that? You know, I'm like, I don't, I'm not rich, you know, or, or when you're in line at, at the you know fast food place and it's just like, man, I feel like I should pay for the people behind me, not even knowing what they ordered. They could have ordered, uh, they could have ordered a chocolate shake and you know, it's a couple bucks or they could have ordered food for the whole office and you got like, you know, a $50 order. I don't know. You know, these things happen. And, you know, and I wonder, you know, where did that come from? Well, that's because God's got a plan, and it's not always in line with what we have planned for our day or for our time. And then the Holy Spirit of God also awakens to God's peace. And when we think about identity, when we struggle with a purpose or, or knowing what our plan, a plan for our life is, we don't have peace. And God, God's Spirit awakens us to all three of these things. God's peace. I love that it says, and it's true, that letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Maybe you've heard this so cliche, right? Know Jesus, know peace. But know Jesus, and you will know peace. And it's true, though. Even though it's a cliche and it's kind of cheesy, it's true. And it all works together. When you're awakened to God's purpose for your life, you wake up to the God-shaped thoughts within you, which brings a peace that only He can bring. So, God's Holy Spirit is within us. It's a life-giving. He, he, not a it, He is a life-giving, life-changing force. And when God awakens you, you look awake. You look awake. I don't mean like you're sitting in church and Sunday morning and you're a college student and it's 1030 and you just are drowsy and looking off. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your life looks awake. Like you, I've seen a lot of, of church folk um, that just not are just not awake. And when God awakens you, I believe you look awake. And well, so what does that mean? Well, here's the way the scripture puts this. Your life produces the fruit of the spirit. That's what it means to look. That's what I'm talking about. When you look awake, those around you can see the life-giving, life-giving, life-changing force that's living within you. 
So what is the fruit that God produces in us that others can see? Well, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 make it pretty clear. This is what it looks like to look awake. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So you can attend church. You can attend Bible study. You can, you can take part in small groups and mission trips. You can tithe. You can give. You can even give half your money to God. And, and all good things, absolutely. And, and by the way, if you're looking for a place to, to, to make your donation, <laughs> uh, Awaken Church could certainly... Um, benefit from that with our with our current ministry needs but these but these aren't really the evidence of the holy spirit living in you not if you do any of these things not how you dress not if you speak a certain way when you pray or if you can interpret when somebody speaks a certain way when they pray those are not the the evidence of the holy spirit the evidence of the holy spirit are love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there's the evidence that's when when god awakens you you look awake you look like this the holy spirit awakens these traits of galatians 5 22 within us so that we become more loving even even to those who've hurt us even those we don't like did you know that? That's what the, that's what it looks like to look awake. You can love someone you don't like. We can create an atmosphere of joy wherever we go. Not not a fake happiness, but an atmosphere of joy, even when it's tough, even when it's hard. Where there's conflict, we can work for peace. We become more patient. We become more more good and more faithful and gentle. And we have more self-control with our thoughts and our words and our actions. So we are awakened by the Spirit of God when we are wide awake. And we are awakened from the lies. We're awakened from, now, when I talk about being awakened from the lies, it just ties into our last week's message where we talked a lot about how we are, we get, we, that Jesus came to free us from the lies. So we have to be awakened from those lies in order to live free of those lies. See, sin has a way of speaking into your life. You're worthless. You'll always be this way. Or everybody does it. It's okay. It's okay. Everyone's a sinner. Or, or the other way, sin also can speak the other way. It's like, I mean, you're better than everybody else. Look how, look how sad they are. Look how horrible they are. You're, you're so much better than them. You know, that's sin speaking lies into you. So if sin could speak to you, what would it say to you? Verse 12 begins with a therefore. And as we've talked about before, when you see therefore, you need to know what the therefore is there for. <laughs> this means... Really what it is, it's like what I'm about to say is directly connected to what I just said. So so here's the, the thing. It's, it's basically saying here, verse 12, because you have been awakened by the Spirit of God, because you belong to Christ Jesus, therefore you, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You're not any un, under obligation to sin. The fact that, well, you know, we're all sinners and sin every day. It says here, you're under no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. The, the idea of this, you know, even after I enter into a relationship with Jesus, that I'm just, a, I'm, I'm still a sinner and I sin every day. It's a lie. I'm a sinner saved by grace. In other words, I'm a used to be. So, so, so there's that. It's a pretty crafty lie too. It's one that sounds right to our hearts and co- that are conditioned to, to to do just right for you mantra. And actually, there's a number of of tribes within the the Christian faith that have made this such a big part of their theology for so long. It's just the way this just the way they see the truth. But I read right here in Romans chapter eight that that's not true. 
just do what's right for you is it's a, it's a self-centered mantra that we have and it's the way it's a way that seems right though sometimes it's true i i would get it it seems like and that's just that's just right but proverbs 4:11 this is an ancient hebrew proverb says the house of the wicked will be destroyed but the tent of the upright will flourish there, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So this proverb, this wisdom that comes from God, is what the proverbs are, says there's a way, it seems right, it's going to seem right to you, but you know what, it only leads to death. So the Spirit of God awakens us to the truth that we need to be transformed. Not just awaken from the lies, but awaken to this truth. We need this transformation that Jesus offers us. When we're not led by the Spirit, we go into a default mode. And the Scriptures calls this the flesh, right? The, this, the, 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 the flesh, the desires, or the sins of the flesh. Um, and the results of going into this default mode of the flesh, of being guided by the flesh, are, the results are not good. The flesh doesn't mean your skin either. It means selfishness. It means the self-centered philosophy of, and maybe you're familiar with this, just follow your heart. It's what I always do. Remember Napoleon Dynamite? Just follow your heart. It's what I always do. Gosh, you know, just do what's right for you again. So so you can look back at your life like Frank Sinatra, which is a, is a great song. It's a classic, and I love Frank Sinatra. But I did it my way is the opposite of following Jesus. Now, Romans 8.13 says, or actually shows us what happens if we allow the lies of the flesh to lull us to sleep. If you live by the dictates of the flesh, you will die. But here's the good news. But if by the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the sinful nature, you will live. That's good news. So look back at verse 7. It says, it talks about the default mode of the flesh here. The default mode of the flesh never did obey God and never will. So we go back to Galatians 5, where we found those fruit of the Spirit. Like, this is what it looks like to live wide awake. And before the Bible gives us, before the Scripture gives us this fruit of what a, a life awakened by the Spirit looks like, we see very well uh, what the default mode looks like. The default mode is found in verses 17 through 21 of Galatians 5. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses, to the Torah. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's what the default mode looks like. So when we're awakened by the Holy Spirit of God, we are awakened from the lies that are perpetrated by the default mode, that are perpetrated by the culture all around us. And even from inside our own selves, we feed our egos on all these lies, and it keeps us from loving our neighbor. Just do what makes you happy keeps you from loving your neighbor. I'm all for being happy. Trust me. Trust me, I'm all for being happy, but just do what makes you happy is bad advice. I'm all for, uh, you know, I'm all for following your heart, but if my heart's not guided by the Spirit of God, I'm following something other than my Creator and the lover of my soul. So when we're awakened by the Holy Spirit, we're awakened from the lies, 
and we live awakened uh, to what is really true. And we can live awakened to this new reality. We live awakened to a new reality. Now, there's an old movie called The Matrix, and maybe you're familiar with this if you haven't seen it. And I guess I should give a disclaimer. I always do. I use the Ma- I've used The Matrix for decades now, um, or at least or at least ten, <laughs> ten years, if not more, uh, as a uh, illustration. And so when I do, I need to give the disclaimer because it's a rated R movie and they drop a lot of F-bombs, but it's a great movie, okay? Um, just all that to say this. In The Matrix, there's the character, the hero is Neo. And Neo is, he wakes up realizing that he's thought he, he thought he's been awake every day of his life, only he's been asleep. And he really wakes up to the reality. And he notices that everybody else is asleep and they all think they're awake. But he meets Morpheus, and Morpheus is wide awake, and he's been wide awake for a long time, and he knows the difference between those who think they're awake, they're only dreaming they're awake, and those who are actually awake. And Morpheus offers Neo, at this this point of the story, uh, uh, the opportunity to, you know what, you can go back to sleep, and, and, and when you wake up, You'll be you'll wake in, in your own reality, whatever you want it to be. You can just go and you'll what you'll do is you'll be asleep, but you'll you know you'll be dreaming, or you can live wide awake. And he does this by he offers him these pills, right? The blue pill and the red pill. He says if you take the blue pill, or you take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. Take the red pill and you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. So the red pill, it's the symbolic of how Jesus awakens us to live this new reality where we can see, wow, I have been asleep and I thought I was awake. Is your identity tied to the reality of who Jesus is? So Romans 8.15 says, that to stay asleep is to exist as a fearful slave, but to live awakened is to live as a child of God. I'm a child of God. I love that. Some argue that we're all heaven's children. Like we're like, well, you know, there's one God and He created all of us, so we're all God's children, right? And don't miss here in Romans eight. It talks about how we are adopted. We are adopted into God's family. We're adopted into the kingdom because of of Jesus. We're not all God's children. We're all God's creation. Because desire is to transform you from a creation of God to, to a child of God. He loves you as a creation of God, but his desire is to, to, to transform you to a child of God. The choice is up to you. You can exist as a creation of God, or you can really live as a child of God. But I'm telling you that, that God loves you. He loves you so much, he wants you to be his own child. He loves you. Look, I've created a lot of things. I write poetry. I used to draw. Uh, I, I create a sermon. I create sermons on, on a weekly basis. You know, on an ongoing thing, I'm creating things. I'm creating product. I'm creating, uh, creating you know, content. I'm a creator. It's what I do. I'm very, and I, I kind of have a creative mind, and so I create things. And I love what I create. And I will, I will create something and go, that's, I love that. And somebody else may think it's garbage or trash. You know what? I don't even care. I created it. I love it. But I love my children, my three sons. I love my, my children in a whole different way than I love my creations. Verse 16 promises that God's own spirit testifies that we are now God's children. Sometimes we wonder, what does God think of us, right? He either loves you as a dearly loved child of God, or he loves you so much he can't wait for you to say yes to his adoption. He loves you as a child of God or as a creation of God. He's just waiting to see become his child. 
So in Christ, you're no longer a slave to self. You're no longer a slave to the system. You're no longer a slave to sin, but you are redeemed as God's own child. And Galatians 4, 7 says, you are now no longer a slave, but God's own child. There you go. It's a, it's a reminder. It's a double shot. And since you are his child, everything he has belonged to you. Everything Father God has belonged to me. But what exactly does that mean? I mean, I've always heard, right, that that, that God is uh, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I always thought, man, that's kind of a, I've always thought that was kind of a weird cliche, a strange way to put things. But what it means is, is God owns it. All. Like, God is, it's all God's. All of creation. All of, all of every, it's all God's. So what exactly does this mean? That everything he has belongs to me. Well, we read it in Galatians 5. What does God have that he wants us to have? His own His own personality, his own traits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This, this is the fruit of your life. It's like a tree. You know, the tree, you don't see the sap and the things in this inside that give life. You don't see the roots that are going down in the ground that, that bring life to the tree. What you see on a healthy tree, and you know what kind of tree it is, is by the fruit it produces. We know we, we are the child, a child of God by the fruit our life produces. And these are all the things our Father has, our, God, our Father God has. And now we live awakened that they're ours. Living wide awakened Jesus means this is your identity. God's Spirit changes us and fine-tunes us. He awakens us to a new way of how we look at life and how we live our life. But if we share in His glory, we must also share in His suffering. Now, in the, in a, that doesn't sound too exciting either, right? That's, we we ended on that scripture today, and it's like, man, what a way to what a way to end a, a passage! What a way to like try and preach a sermon. <laughs> if we share in His glory, we must also share in His suffering. Now, originally this was written in Greek, and and the way it was written in Greek, it kind of flips around. Originally, it was written to say, it would sound more like this if you just took it straight and 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 translated it. Because we share His suffering, we also share His glory. Because we share his suffering, we also share his glory. It doesn't take away the suffering, but it kind of puts it in a perspective for us. And, and in Greek, the word that, that's, that translates as suffering is the word pathema. And pathema means enduring. Because we endure with Christ, we endure what he endures. We, we belong together. We're, we are heirs we are heirs to God. We are heirs together with Jesus, it says. Being heirs together with Jesus means we face the same type of persecution and rejection he did. And again, we're reminded that Jesus doesn't call us to comfort or to self-indulgence, but to live awakened to a new reality that His way really is the only way to live life to the full and to discover your identity as a dearly loved child of God. So Jesus awakens us to live with confidence and hope. And this is your identity. Or this is the identity that He wants you to have, to embrace. So what's your next step? And you guys, I, I'm sure you guys are I'm very well aware. I'm not the smartest person in the room or the most creative. And you guys are smart and creative enough to, to, to and, and you have a relationship with God where you can pray. You don't need me to tell you what next step to take. But I'll make a suggestion here. Write down any lies that you believed about yourself. And you don't have to show it. I'm not saying put this on your social media. Don't put this on your Facebook or Twitter or Instagram it. But just for you. Get a piece of paper or your journal or something and write down any lies that you've believed about yourself. And then out to the side, just proclaim your identity as a dearly loved child of God. Like you might write, you know, 
uh, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm, you know, I smell bad, whatever. You could write those down. I'm telling you, you may think these are, these aren't lies. These are true. And I'm telling you, they're lies, whatever they are. I'm too, I'm, I'm too far gone. Uh, I'm too, you know, uh, I have too many questions. All these things, those are lies. And just mark through it and off to the side, right? Child of God. I'm, I'm alone. Scratch through it. I'm a child of God. I have no friends. Scratch through it. I'm a child of God. Nobody's good enough for me. Scratch through it. I'm a child of God. Whatever it is, whatever your lies are that you have been believing about yourself, maybe you've been telling yourself, write it down. Scratch through it. And then write out there the, the reality and the truth. I am a dearly loved child of God. Lord, thank you that we are your dearly loved children. And I pray, Lord, that we would all be able to be free from the lies, that we would live awakened from the lies, that we would be awakened by your Holy Spirit, Lord, to live the life that you created us to live, where we live with confidence and with hope, Lord. And when we live confidence and hope, Lord, it's because we know that you have a purpose, you have a plan, and you give us peace. And so, Lord, I pray that we would find that in you right now, Lord. So now we, we, we give you all the lies, all the ways we've lied to ourselves, all the ways that others have, have helped perpetrate the lies on us as we struggle and wrestle with our identity. And Lord, we scratch that out and we proclaim this truth today that my identity is this. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.